Welcome to our News of the Times History News Short. This is a bite-sized historical news extract from our fuller News of the Times podcast. From St. James's Chronicle, August 1849. The sad story of Rebecca Smith, who murdered eight of her children with rat poison. The execution of Rebecca Smith for murdering her infant child took place on Wednesday in front of the new prison Devizes. The Devizes Gazette says it is impossible to give anything like a correct calculation of the number of persons present to witness the scene. They were countless. From nine until eleven o'clock, people poured into the town in shoals, on foot, in wagons, in boats, and by the latter hour, the prison yard, the banks of the canal, every tree, hedge, and field that could command a view of the drop appeared crammed. Still, the roads were lined with persons thronging to the spot. People were there from every part of the country, old and young and infants, but they were chiefly of the labouring classes, and there were thousands more women than of men. From the period the miserable woman entered the prison to the moment of her execution, her conduct was most becoming. Mild and contented in her manner and deportment, it might be thought that she was totally incapable of the unnatural crime of which she was convicted. She at once unhesitatingly confessed her crime and acknowledged the justice of the punishment that awaited her and frequently expressed a hope that others would take a warning by her fate. At the same time, she was extremely ignorant and betrayed a want of any deep feeling. She could read but imperfectly, and what she did read was scarcely able to understand. On Tuesday, her husband and daughter, accompanied by her brother and sister, and some other members of her family, were admitted for the last time to see her. There was such a total absence of feeling on the part of her husband as to induce some remarks on his conduct. The sister was deeply affected, as was her brother. As the time approached for her execution, she appeared to feel more deeply her dreadful situation, and she passed rather a restless night. But she afterwards recovered her wanted calmness and ate a moderate breakfast in the morning. Shortly before twelve, the tolling of the prison bell announced that she had but a few minutes more to live, and she was ushered from her cell, accompanied by the proper authorities. She was at once conducted to the gallows, the chaplain reading portions of the burial service as the procession proceeded. During this time she did not utter a word, nor did a sigh escape her, but her countenance appeared quite composed and her step firm. Arrived on the drop, the rope was in a moment round her neck. She clasped and raised her hands together as if in fervent prayer, and after a single struggle, she was dead. She was about forty-four years of age and had been married eighteen years and had eleven children the eldest, only a daughter, is now alive. The second boy, 
died of diarrhoea at the age of 14 weeks. All the rest, with the exception of the last but one, the unhappy woman acknowledged that she had poisoned a day or two after their birth. She was extremely ill herself when this child was born, and it was in consequence taken to a neighbour, and it died a fortnight afterwards. But she never even saw it after it was taken from her. Seven of her children she destroyed by administrating to them a poison she called blue, used for destroying rats and mice, and which she said she took from the ricks where it had been placed for that purpose. The last child she poisoned with arsenic, and in each case she put the poison in the child's mouth with her finger. She implicated no other person in the crime. She and she alone did it, and no one else knew anything about it. From the first week of her marriage down to the last which she lived with her husband, he had been given to drunkenness, and it was that, she said, drove her to her crimes. He scarcely ever brought home a shilling of his wages, and she herself toiled hard in the field during the day, and at night she came home and washed and did all the household work. With nothing then to maintain the family but what she earned, which was four shillings a week, and that only when she could procure work in the fields, the fear that the children would come to want operated so powerfully upon her that she destroyed them in the way stated. Her father and mother lived in Bratton and attended the Baptist chapel at that place, her mother being a member. They were much opposed to the marriage, and knowing the husband's habit of drunkenness, they frequently endeavoured to persuade her to leave him and come again to their home. As was stated last week, on the death of her father, she came into the possession of one hundred pounds, and about this time she and her husband went to live at Westbury, and rented ten acres of land. But the money was soon dissipated. There is no doubt that the woman underwent many severe privations. You have been listening to News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.